Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. I'm warning everybody right now. Jim is loaded for a bear. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what don't he's talking know. about. I don't know who tinkled in his Wheaties this morning, no, but he no. is fired up, oh, ladies no, no. and gentlemen. Fired up. He's exaggerating. Who, you know that, really. tinkled in your Wheaties? No, I mean, no, 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 no. He's exaggerating. Hey, uh, by the way, I should point out, this is uh, uh, our last show until... A very long uh, weekend show. Yeah, our last show until Tuesday. We're taking a little time off over the holiday weekend. Because uh, we need it, you know, we're tired old guys. And actually, Bill's traveling. He's going up to the North Country. And uh, I'm going to be mowing my lawn. So we have, both have important things it's to do. It's going to take you all those days to mow your lawn. Well, How big is your freaking lawn? Oh, well, you've never seen me move a lawnmower. <laughs> well, I thought you had a riding tractor. Well, I do. It's a slow riding tractor. You ever see the series, ladies and gentlemen, Green Acres? Yes. That's Jim. Green <laughs> Acres is the place to be. Uh, make fun of the old Arm. guy. He's Go got ahead. a telephone pole in the back with a phone at the top of it, too, you know? <laughs> hey, um, a lot of stuff going on. we got a lot of things to talk about. As a matter of fact, we should point out also, if something happens over the weekend that's really important, We'll, uh, we'll, at least one of us will do a short update. If it I'll ha- do if it by phone if I have to. That's but, exactly right, yes. But here, here is here's kind of a quick heads up. I'm going to try to make this short and sweet. Oh, you, you, never, remember, you never make it short and sweet. If you remember during, uh, when, when the pandemic hit. Yes. The year before, mm-hmm. all right? I'm just saying, the year before. Right. The WHO. You know the World Health. Not the Rock Group, the World Health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, the World Health Organization. These guys know everything. Well, they said, you know, there could be a pandemic coming. Right. So, just in case, they started doing rehearsals for a COVID, quote unquote, a COVID pandemic. They You're were serious? Doing, I'm serious. You can look this up. Mm-hmm. They were doing practices and everything for it, and then they came out with a statement that said that. Uh, a pandemic was imminent that one was going to happen and they had been prepared for it. You know, last year mm-hmm. they uh, started preparing for the next pandemic. They said that there would be a cyberdemic, you know, or I don't know that they called it exactly that, but there would be a shutdown of the internet. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. And that it's going to be, and it's going to be caused by a virus. And the only way to get it out is they're going to have to shut down the internet to get out to flush out the virus. Mm-hmm. All right. And now they were doing the practices and everything for this scenario last year. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying that it's imminent that we're going to have a uh, an an internet pandemic. Well, they said it was supposed to happen this week. Well, let me tell you something. If you look at if history tells you anything. In third world countries where the people are starting to uprise, mm-hmm. what those countries do is they shut down communications. But you know how they shut them down? They kill the power grid because by killing the power grid, it shuts everything off. So I'm just saying, you know, if what they did the last time was a precursor to the pandemic, in other words, they kind of announced what they're doing. This little thing that happened last year and what they're saying could be the precursor to what... Well, let me ask you something. I'm not an expert when it comes to the Internet, but I would imagine, much like the power system, that there are certain um, spokes in the system. There are certain distribution points in the Internet system that uh, are spread out around the country. I mean, I, I don't think it's just all wires going independently to everybody's homes. There has to be, like... Uh, distribution centers in the system, like right. the phone company. So, my question well, is: the, Okay, go ahead. My question is: um, We had thirty tons of ammonium nitrate stolen this <laughs> week. Well, they found out well, that it was two stolen. Weeks ago it was. Well, we they found out this week it was stolen. It yeah. actually, you're you're right. It was stolen two weeks ago, but they didn't find out until they checked. Someone checked the train car and said, "All that's gone." Okay, so we have exactly. 30 tons of ammonium nitrate out there, and they don't know where it is. Well, they're saying the the internet may go down, and you said that if you really want to bring it down, you bring down the power supplies, right? The uh, you the, shut you shut down. Well, the what power can you now. do with what can you do with 30 tons of ammonium nitrate? There are nine, I believe it's nine key stations, probably even less than that, 
that run all the power in the United States and probably even up into Canada. You shut them down or and take how it, them out. I wonder how secure they are, Bill. I wonder how uh, how well, well guarded the last time, they are. If you ever if you've ever seen a relay station around, you ha- you've seen them. You know, there's there's fences right. around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much all the security there is is the fence around them. So a kid can get some wire cutters and go in, and um, you know, hey, guys have sat there with guns and shot them. You know, and uh, you take out a cable, you hit, you shoot a transformer. You, you know what's interesting? Uh, how uh, art imitates life, or life imitates art, whatever. Um, this past week on Chicago PD, uh, in one of the scenes, uh, there's a large transformer station in Chicago, and uh, a terrorist group is trying to take it out. And the, if they took this one power station down, it would darken the city. And mm. and I thought to myself, is this prophetic or what? Now, again, getting back to the 30 tons of uh, ammonium nitrate, do you hear anything about this in the news, Bill? No, you don't. Now, you know, if uh, there was Paul Harvey, we played the audio, you know, if I was the devil. Right. And uh, he did that, and it kind of told us where things are going. If I were a terrorist and I wanted to bring this country to its knees, uh, that ammonium nitrate might be the trick and well-placed uh, to activate it in the trunk of uh, any car USA. It could be uh, an old Yugo as right. far as anybody's concerned with a blanket covering what you got back there. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you go and you drive it by a, uh, one of those power stations, and you get a flat tire. Go, oh, man, I got to go because I got to go get some help, you know. Yeah. And that car's there. You get far enough away that kablooey, you know, and no one would know. You know, and, no, I know. You know I, 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 I think you're absolutely correct. And I think that the fact that they're not talking about it says to me that someone somewhere actually does know how dangerous it is and they don't want to they don't want to draw attention to their their screw up. They really, really screwed up. Thirty tons of ammonium nitrate. You know, it only took uh, one ton to bring down the mirror building in, in Oklahoma City in nineteen ninety five. So uh they've they've got a, a lot and then that's not the only problem we have right now. You know, we had the Chinese hack this week of the Internet. They mm-hmm. came out and said yesterday that a Chinese hack group uh, attacked the Internet, and they know it because I guess it screwed up uh, the Internet in Guam, of all places. And we've got a lot of stuff, you know, the, mil- the U.S. military has a lot of stuff in Guam. And, and they were affected, but... They think that it was a mistake on the hackers' part. They think that the hackers were targeting Taiwan when they did this, and essentially, because I guess it's all part of the same internet highway in that area of the of the world, mm-hmm. it, it, it actually missed Taiwan and hit Guam. Uh, they think that China is getting ready. What the Chinese don't want, the Chinese don't want to have to deal with Donald Trump and the Taiwanese situation. They want to take Taiwan before Donald Trump is back in office. That's what they, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fact because Donald Trump is like, um, he's, oh. they don't know how to, they don't know how to deal with him. Donald Trump, you know, the art, the, the art of the deal, he wrote the book. And he's not afraid to go toe-to-toe with the Chinese, not to be belligerent or rude, but he doesn't back down, and he sets gu- uh, uh, guidelines, and the Chinese don't want to have to be in the situation where they have to uh, maneuver around President Trump. They want to be able to attack Taiwan and know that there'll really be no consequences because the guy that we have in office right now is a waste of space. He, he's actually one of them, you know? Well, I would say the Democrats and the Chinese have something in common. They like Joe. They hate Trump. But, you know, we, you talked about the art of the deal. I would think one of the key, uh, I never read the book, but I know, mm-hmm. you know a lot about it. But I know one of the key things, uh, whether you like it or not, is whatever your agenda is, whatever you want to achieve or you want to do, um, your actions may not give a clue as to what your goal really is. You know, I, I would want to keep, you know, everybody guessing as to what I'm really up to in, the, right. in my art of the deal. I think you that's know? what Trump does, to be honest with you. I think that they don't, if Trump says, if you do this, we're going to do that, 
they're not really sure if he really means he's going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like he just is, uh, is unpredictable as far as they're concerned, and they don't like to deal with the unpredictable. And, the only uh, thing you can believe in Trump on, if he goes, I'm going to make money, we're going to, we're going to prosper together, you can count on that. The exact plan, mm, not so much because, you know, you telegraph what you're doing, you're going to get stopped. You know, um, we have the situation with the uh, ammonium nitrate. We've got the situation with Taiwan. We've also got the incredible problem at our southern border. And another thing I just read this morning before we started our show, um, Ken Paxton, who's the attorney general of Texas, and a real fighter for the right, a real tough mm. guy. Uh, apparently, he's being attacked not just, not just by the Democrats in Texas, but by the rhinos. They're trying to impeach him, would you believe, from his position as attorney general. Why? Because he's incredibly effective. And the left, and there's nothing, by the way, more dangerous. You know, with, with the left and the Democrats, you know where they stand. But the Weasley rhinos, the Mitt Romneys of the world, the Chris Christies of the world, the guys who pretend to be on your side and then shiv you in the back, those guys are the worst of the worst. And they have them in Texas, too. And they're siding with the Democrats to try to impeach Ken Paxton. And the vote may come as soon as today. So th that's something we have to deal with. So let's, let's see if we got this right. But we talked about this yes yesterday. We have Ken Paxton, a real fighter, possibly being impeached today. We have a bunch of generals and uh, base commanders around, oh, yeah. the, around the world who are good people who are being removed because of, quote, lack of confidence. Exactly. Lack of, which is a ridiculous thing. to. That's like saying, I don't know, he doesn't believe in what we believe in anymore, so we should remove him. You know? The guy's wearing the uniform. The guy's got uh, the, the stars on his shoulder, and they're removing him because uh, of he's what? effective. Yeah, he's effective. Uh, I, a lot of things are happening behind the scenes, I'm afraid, people, that we're not aware of. And that's why I say over the weekend, uh, Bill, make sure your phone is charged because if something happens over the weekend, I'll be in touch with you, and uh, I may have to drag you back from the beach <laughs> or wherever I am, yes. You know, unless it's unless it's Sunday morning mass. And again, it doesn't have to be a long uh, show. We can make our comments known. But I, I do think that a lot of our listeners uh, like to hear from us when things are coming down. And, oh, yeah. and uh, we're, we're talking about taking a long weekend, but goodness knows, you never know. Um, no, also, you Bill, you told me, the, uh, was it you that mentioned the Ukraine is now uh, they're trying to make it sound like the, the Russians oh. have lost the war? They just well, won I, back. I, I would think so. I, they're not saying that, you know, that they've won and the Russians have lost, but the uh, Black uh, Sea Fleet commander, yeah, he's facing now life imprisonment for ordering um, Calabar missile strike. Now, he's, he's, he's actually, apparently... There's a litany of cities that he's hit, and he's taken out their power stations, their right. water plants. We never heard about this, but now, you know, and it's it's caused some loss of life. Yes. Well, you're in a war. Now, this has been right. going on since August of last year. So Russia has been mounting this attack for a long time. And so, you know, the Ukraine is saying for inflicting the, the heavy damage, they are now seeking to get that commander so they can try him and put, a, put him away for war crimes for life. And I'm like going, wait, well, wait a second. Is he on a boat? You... Is he on a Russian ship somewhere? I mean, how? Well, yeah, I wouldn't get <laughs> off that damn boat because I'll tell you what. Neither would I. You know, because, yeah, you know, they're, they're sitting there. They're trying to do this thing. Yeah. Now, let me, let me, maybe I got history wrong. Um, you know, but if, if the Germans would have won World War II, right. would we have been trying the Nazis or would they have been trying us? Oh, if, if they if they would have been trying us if if the okay, Germans I just had won. Be yeah, sure that I was right about how this works. So, what the hell is Ukraine doing or thinking? Well, they're thinking, you know, or is this you know they're thinking that they staging? have the world behind them right now. They think they have the uh, public relations uh, war behind them. They think they have that one, and they can convince the world that uh, uh, they're in charge. The reality is, they just lost Bakhmut this week. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been fighting since the beginning of the war for that city. It, and, you know, the, the crime 
of Bakhmut is that the people, I guess, speak Russian, and, and they are more Russian than Ukrainian. And mm-hmm. I guess the people in that area, the Donbass reg- region, are more have more cultural things in common with Russia than they do with the Ukraine. And I guess the Ukraine didn't like that. Uh, so, uh, And also, it opens up a highway right towards... Uh, the Kiev. So it's, they're in, they're in a tough situation. They're trying to spin it, I guess, that it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. They're in dire straits. As a matter of fact, Colonel Doug McGregor was talking about, uh, uh, talking about a lot of things, including, uh, the Ukrainian war. Listen, now we're trying to write a, fight a proxy war for all the wrong reasons. And we're killing the Ukrainian nation. They're down to perhaps 14 to 18 million now from an original population back in January of 2022 of about 34 million. Everyone's left that could go. They've either gone east, almost 2 million into Russia, or 10 million west into Europe. And when you talk to them on the way out, as most of the news media have, they say, will you go back? Never. Ukraine is the historic breadbasket of Europe. It is enormously productive. It could be the gleaming jewel economically if we had neutralized it. It could be as wealthy and prosperous today as Austria is. And that was the model. That's what we should have done. Instead, we got this terrible war. And today, Russia is not weak. Russia's military is now larger and stronger than anything that we've seen since the 1980s. Its economy is booming. And as I said earlier, 81 nations are headed to St. Petersburg in June for a major conference, the purpose of which is to bring them into this larger plan to back currency with gold. And the gold in China, the gold in Russia, the gold in India is just the tip of the proverbial iceberg. It's just the beginning. The question is, what do we do? And these people in Washington have no answers. And that's that's why prices rise, services fall apart, the armed forces are in ruins, our borders are open, and there is no rule of law. We are being destroyed by this regime in Washington. Oh, isn't that the truth? Oh, this guy, he's the only guy, by the way, who speaks the truth. Doug McGregor, Colonel Doug McGregor, retired, uh, a smart guy, an honest guy, and uh, he doesn't pull any punches. I think it was interesting. He says that millions of people have moved out of the Ukraine and when asked Over half the population and uh, yeah and when asked are you going to go back not on your life we have no intention what does that say to me that says to me they're not leaving because just the war situation right now i think it's a culmination of years of corruption too that they've had to mm-hmm. live through this guy zelensky and his cohorts they're not uh, the churchill of their time as they've been described these people are corrupt. They have stolen millions of our dollars that was supposed to go to uh, the effort, the war effort. You know, we're, we're sitting here on a debt crisis right now. Uh, they're, they're having a negotiation in Washington about uh, the debt, and it's not going very well. No, not at all. And uh, here's what Kevin McCarthy said last night about that. Let me tell the American public, I am not going to give up. We're not going to default. We're going to solve this problem. I will stay with it until we can get it done. But let's be honest about this. We have to spend less than we spent last year. It is not my fault that the Democrats cannot give up on their spending. Kevin McCarthy, and he's working over the weekend. He's, he's staying in Washington. But House lawmakers Thursday uh, left the Capitol for the long holiday weekend. They were told, by the way, uh, stay near your phone because we may have to, you know, draw you back on 24 hours notice. You know, Joe Biden won't tell you this, but he's, he waited 97 days to engage in debt ceiling talks with McCarthy. McCarthy offered to talk 97 days ago and Joe ignored him. Now mm-hmm. they're in this situation. And you know, Bill, it may affect things like Medicaid, Medicare and Social Security. People don't yeah. talk about that, but it may have well, an effect on Well, the Democrats have threatened it, but they want to blame it on the Republicans. But no, it's not the Republicans. It is the Democrats. And, you know, a lot of people sit there and go, well, I don't want to lose my checks or raise that debt. Yeah. Um, but at some point in time, you know, the rats will come home. And yes. I think they're coming home now. Um, 
you know, we can't pay this debt. The debt that we have, uh, it's not going to be paid in my lifetime. It's not going to be paid in your lifetime. It's not going to be paid in your grandkids' lifetime. Um, at least I don't perceive right now. I think uh, I heard any Bill, way that you can. I think I heard that we are, and I'm. I, I could have this figure wrong, but around six hundred dollars a month. Every family is paying it in interest on our debt. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're doing that, but six hundred dollars a month is going to um, pay off the debt, or it, we're we're being billed for the debt anyway. I mean, it, it is amazing, and Biden just doesn't give a darn. He just doesn't care. I mean, how do you how do you dilly dally for ninety seven days about something as major as uh, the debt ceiling? And uh, the budget of our country. I mean, if we go into default, you said would be off. I guess they'd be offering T bonds or T bills. Uh, uh, well, yeah, they they they. What they do is they they're going to do it anyway. You raise that debt ceiling to pay for it. They're going to do uh, what is it? T bills or T? They're mm-hmm. bonds, right? And they usually have a, a a six to twelve month maturity, right? And that's it. They pay somewhere anywhere from two to four and a half percent. All so right. they would essentially be saying to the American public, buy these bonds to fund your debt. Okay, but here's my question. We are a country not backed by gold, all right? We're right. backed by what we say that dollar bill. That the good faith. Is worth. Yeah. The good faith. Yeah. All right, we've run out of good faith in the bank. We are in debt. How many trillion uh, good faith dollars? Like $37 trillion, something like that. I mean, that's okay, around that. so. We need 37 trillion good faith dollars. They're not backed by gold. You know, it's, it was backed by our good word. So now you're going to have to, you know, contribute. Well, you go buy that good faith T-bond and uh, with your worthless money to pay our worthless money debt off. Am I getting this right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. When, I, when you get to be uh, my age... You nothing can, from nothing equals nothing. You can look back at things, you know. It's one of the only advantages of having age. Uh, and, and, I, and I remember at, in around 2000, when the turn of the century, uh, I remember hearing a talk show talk about the debt being $3 trillion. $3 trillion, and that was unacceptable. $3 trillion. We're putting our, our kids in such incredible debt. We're, we're doing terrible things to them. With $3 trillion worth of debt. And I can remember thinking, boy, $3 trillion is a lot of money. Now we're more than 10 times that, and Joe wants to increase it. And Joe Joe has the power and the authority by executive order. So that's why he waited so many days, because he knows in the back of his mind, screw it all. We get to June 1st. I guarantee he's going to sit there, you're going to see a press conference, and he's going to be smiling and and mumbling, blah, 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 blah. I, you know, I was. You, you mean, George you mean like this? Calvert, Representative Calhoun. I should be coming out here, McCollum. Uh, and I want to thank you all. Yeah. That was yesterday. And you wonder what that bird whistle in the back of that bird's going. <laughs> you think we're a couple of singing canaries? Listen to that. And so be right there. You know, but he'll sit there and sign into law that we are going to sit there and raise the debt executive order. You know, and he'll talk about the uh, Constitution and what is it, the Fourth Amendment or whatever one, yeah, whatever one it is. It's got a four in it. Um, he'll say that that gives him the utmost and ultimate authority and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that, and it'll be done. And actually, it doesn't. From what, they, what I've heard is he's making stuff up as he goes along now. He's grabbing at powers that he really doesn't have. And he's shocking a lot of people by doing so. But, you know, the guy doesn't care. You know, he, I don't think he really worries about too much because he figures, hey, what are they going to do to me? I, I've already I've already uh, uh, sold my influence to the Chinese for, for years, made millions of dollars, and they know it, and they haven't done a darn thing about it. He knows this. They, they, he knows my family was involved. They know my family was involved, but so what? They haven't done a darn thing. I mean, he well, thinks he's untouchable right now, I think. Well, you know, he needs to be held accountable. And for the money that he got illegally, he needs to. they need to strip it away from him. 
You know, and don't say the government can't strip it away from him or anybody. They've done it in the past. They do it for everybody. Hell, going back to, you know, the days of Abbott and Costello, you know, for tax, you know, they called it tax evasion. They just weren't good bookkeepers, you know, and they came in and took all their belongings they and took auctioned them off. $2 million worth of uh, Lou Costello's uh, life savings and actually put them in debt. Yeah, I mean they they took everything right down to the drawers he had on. That's all he had was. He know. had to go back and do more movies fast to to get yeah. his family back on uh, on on a solid footing. But I don't think he ever really recovered from that. Because you know no, the sad did. part about it is, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello during the war did a lot of USO tours. They were yeah. really up on uh, war bonds and helping the country because they loved our country. And Lou Costello always felt attacked and wrongly put upon by the government for doing what they betrayed. did. Now, you know, yeah, you, you know, you owe your taxes, you owe your, owe your debt. But, you know, sometime when you're doing your tax return, you know, they, you actually, they don't have the right to, to take everything. You actually sign it on your tax form. Right. You attest this is the money you made. Yes. And that you are, you are, you have to pay your taxes when you sign that. You basically pledged that money, uh, and your signature's there. Now they have the right I got a to... question for you. What happens when your taxes are completed electronically and you don't sign them? Is it? Are you giving the authority of your accountant, for, for example, to, to electronically sign for you? Are you giving him essentially the power of attorney to well, sign? When I file, I sign a form, and that's it. And then it's it's put in. It, yeah, you you do. You're you're signing a form. Yeah. It's the paper uh, paper sheet that they file away, and then they make the electronic submission. And that's and it. what happens you if do you don't it. sign it? You send your taxes in. Do they send it back to you? Yeah, they won't accept it because so it really gonna, isn't voluntary. It is very mandatory. Well, it's supposed to be voluntary. It yeah. is voluntary, but we've gotten to a point most people don't understand that. And, you know, the government doesn't even uh, uh, understand that. They just think it's their right to reach in your pocket as deep as they have to to pay their bills. Wow. Um, Glenn Beck, uh, I don't know if you heard this. He had uh, Ron DeSantis on. You know, Ron DeSantis says a lot of right things. One of the things, by the way, he was interviewed by Eric Bowling last night. And Eric oh, Bowling, yeah, about uh, being vice. Yeah, and he asked him some really good questions. Bowling is a good questioner. He's a he's a sharp guy. He and he asked all the questions that you and I would have asked because they not they were politically incorrect. But he came right on and said, you know, would you accept uh, uh, the vice presidency on a on a Trump ticket? And then he he was nice. He said, or would that. then he said, well, would would you be on? Would you would you go along with a with a DeSantis Trump ticket? I mean, he tried to make it sound like Trump would go for vice president, but everybody knows that that Trump wouldn't go for the vice presidency. The fact of the matter is, he's up by like forty points in the polls, but he did dodge it. He stepped around the answer. He didn't say no. I wouldn't be vice president. No, 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 no. He literally circumvented the whole thing so that he it was a non-answer. Uh, so The latest poll numbers show Trump at, I think, 48%. DeSantis has about 16. That is not an insurmountable distance at this juncture, but mm -hmm. the likelihood, look, everything that's been thrown at Trump, there, you know, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, they're going to find a way or they're going to fabricate a way to lock him up. They want to do that. But I think the American people are on to it, you know, and uh, we may be the final judge and jury on what happens to Trump, and that's by electing him in office to where he can fix it and then fix the Every single thing that has been thrown at Trump right now to, the, obs to the observer. Well, yeah, it is Teflon, but... It's all tr trumped up stuff. I mean, yeah. and the the rulings by the judges have been unbelievable. I mean, they have been uh, absurd and uh, uncalled for, yet they do it. So uh, I'm with you. I think this guy, if he goes to jail, could still be elected president. You know, oh, you know. It, it, this goes to people say, well, why are you standing by him now? 
you you, uh, you dance with the person who took you to the dance, okay? Right. And, and Trump has paid his dues. He's more than paid his dues. Most normal people like you and I would have long ago said, to heck with this, I'm going fishing. Not Trump. Trump has been uh, toe-to-toe with these guys, and you know it bothers him. Mm-hmm. It bothers any human being, but he keeps fighting, and he says he's doing it for us. Yes, the man has an ego. Yes, the man may have idiosyncrasies, but the man is incredibly honest. I mean, has he made mistakes? I can point to mistakes he made in his uh, first administration, but you know, he can too. He can point to mistakes. We, we, the guy was new to the job. He was new to the city. He didn't know the people. There were 2,000 positions he had to fill. He filled them with people that were recommended to him that he trusted, and the people ended up being like the Bill Bars of the world who, uh, who got glee. Everybody is going to make mistakes no matter what they do, and if Trump gets back in, he will uh, make some more mistakes. Try not to sneeze here, but anyway, he'll make more mistakes. But, you know, you learn from mistakes and adjust from mistakes. And that's the difference between Donald and the others. Catherine Herridge was talking with Bill Barr, and he uh, he said this. I want you to listen to the glee in right. Barr's voice. Given the developments in the grand jury, do you believe that special counsel Jack Smith is close to a charging decision? I would think they'd want to do it before the end of the year. Uh, and, um, you know, it could be in the, later in the summer or in the fall, you know, would be the earliest I would expect. That. And why that timing? Well, because if they're close, if they're close to a decision, I think the process of, you know, reviewing that and socializing with the attorney general and so forth, uh, and buttoning buttoning it up uh, would probably take that long. You hear the end of the end of that, where he actually kind of chuckles because yeah. he can imagine Trump being indicted. This is the son of a bee that that presented himself as being the legal answer to the Trump administration, when in reality, all he was was a plant from the deep state. The guy and got in there. everybody believed him. Oh, and yeah. all he said, we all believed him, we all bought into it, and it was all a pack of lies. This guy had an opportunity at the 2020 election to investigate it right then and there as attorney general, and he turned his back. He is mm-hmm. a traitor. But that's you just know, me. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, he, he said it with glee because he's telegraphing. What he said is not the message. The message is if you do it at that time, it might trip him up in the 2024 election. And that's what he's looking at. And William Barr has got skeletons in his closet too. And he doesn't want them rebuild because he knows that Trump now has put an eyeful target on him, you know, that when he gets through this, now, Trump does forgive and forget, but maybe not. You never know. Glenn Beck had uh, Ron DeSantis on his program. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty uh, interesting interview. Glenn Beck act- asked him an interesting thing about the uh, intelligence uh, uh, organizations in our country and how hard it would be to clean them, clean them up. And uh, his answer was interesting. Um, he talks about he- needing two terms. Listen. FBI, DOJ, IRS, NSA, CIA, ATF, everything, even the Capitol Police now are an intelligence gathering agency. How do you even run a campaign when you know the all of government approach to the last election? Um, How do you, how do you, if you win, how do you dismantle this? Because it's it's almost like a unplug it and plug it back in and reset it to factory settings. It, I mean, it's cleaning house. And I think that this is this is a fundamental problem. So we will look at like an example of weaponization, which is obviously many examples. Uh, but that's kind of the end point. Like, why are we here? And the reason that we're here is because uh, we have these agencies that have been detached from constitutional accountability. There was never supposed to be a fourth branch of government, but Congress has not held them accountable with the power of the purse or with legislating more precisely. And presidents have not been willing to wield Article II power to discipline the bureaucracy. So I think I'll come in and on day one we'll be spitting nails 
I understand and all your listeners should understand that if we do everything right, if we're disciplined, if we're strong as anyone could be, it still takes a two-term project. I think it takes eight years to be able to reconstitutionalize this government. But the question it raises is, do we govern ourselves or do we not? Because right now, the most significant issues tend not to be resolved by our elected representatives. They're done by these bureaucrats and through these agencies. And so it's really I think a crisis of self-government. Now, what you have with uh, lack of accountability, you just have a consolidated uh, consolidation of power amongst people that all have the same worldview, and so their worldview is different than our worldview, and they view people like us as as factions that they want to exert power over. And so the weaponization, I think, flows from from human nature. So what would I do? You know, day one. First of all, I already already said new FBI director day one. That is a no-brainer. You've got to do that. I'll have an attorney general that has a backbone, uh, an attorney general that recognizes if you are doing your job properly, you are going to be pilloried by the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN. And so if that's not something that you're, you're comfortable with, then don't even apply for this job. Understand you're going into the lion's den. These people do not want to give up this power willingly. And so they're going to smear you. They're going to attack you. So I think getting the personnel right uh, if you can't do that, then it's just not going to work at all. Second thing, I think, is you've got to be willing to use Article II authority to its fullest extent. The idea that some FBI agent can collude with a tech company to censor like Hunter Biden, you should be firing these people. You have the authority to do it. Yes, it'll be contested. They'll sue you. Uh, but who gets the, the Article II power? The person that wins the Electoral College or some middle managing bureaucrat? Um, in the IRS or the FBI. Okay, so he says a lot of the right stuff. He says a lot of the right stuff. Uh, but there's a difference between, a significant difference between DeSantis and Trump. You know, Trump is a multi, multi-billionaire, uh, but they call him the blue-collar billionaire because he has the unique ability to talk to the common man. And he does it in his own language. He doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't try to sound like a politician. Whereas when you listen to Ron DeSantis, he kind of sounds like your stereotypical politician. Now, one thing he said last night on Eric Bowling's show was that, uh, you know, he's been accused of having surrounded himself with uh, uh, the deep state, uh, you know, the old school uh, Republicans like Karl Rove and Paul Ryan. He said, I haven't seen Paul Ryan since uh, our days in Congress, he says, and I've only met Karl Rove once in my lifetime. They're not involved with my campaign. So <clears throat> that was a pretty big deal, uh, at least for me. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't carry me over to his side because I look at Donald Trump and I think the guy's a fighter. Look at what, he, look at what has come, af- come after him, and he continues to stand up to it. And now's not the time for Trump supporters to turn their back. If anything, it's time to lock arms with the guy. It's time to say, look at no more. As, as right. they would say, no mas. This is it. We're, we're with this guy. You are taking not just him on, but you're taking all of us on. You know, you talked about, uh, I think it was Chuck Schumer. Maybe it was before the show started. You said that Chuck Schumer was... Uh, calling us all, uh, he was equating MAGA to Nazis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, what's going on, yeah, the uh, the Biden regime, they've lumped Christians and conservatives, not Christian conservatives, but Christians and conservatives, mm-hmm. and MAGA people into the same category as Nazis, and they've done this inside the DHS, Department of Homeland Security. Wow. So that means by that that being done, uh, they they put a target on yours and my back. I mean, are they coming to lock us up for free speech? They could with that designation. Now I'm an enemy of the state. So who runs the Department of Homeland Security? Isn't that Alejandro Mayorkas, I believe? It sure is. Well, I got to play something for you. I don't know how we missed this, Bill. This is Alejandro Mayorkas getting his, his uh, derriere chewed out by a guy named... 
uh, Clay Higgins, a representative from Louisiana. Now, Clay Higgins, a couple of days ago, there was a uh, uh, there was a demonstration in front of the Capitol, mm-hmm. and he was out there with a bunch of representatives from making a presentation. And these demonstrators, literally, uh, some of them came right up to their face. And when they did that, they did it to the wrong thing. They, they did it to the wrong guy. Clay Higgins literally took one of the protesters. Now, Clay Higgins was a former captain in a uh, police force in Louisiana. He literally, he didn't hit the guy, but he picked him off the ground and he marched him like 30 yards away and he put him down on the ground. He said, now calm down and stay back. And of course, some dumb woman with her cameras out there going, you calm down, you calm down. It's like, for God's sakes, lady, get out of it, get out of the, the situation. But the point was he, he, he was not going to take it anymore. And this little uh, five-minute uh, talk by Clay Higgins to Alejandro Mayorkas, I'm not sure exactly when it happened. I know it's within the last six months or so, mm-hmm. and I don't know how we missed this, but you got to hear it. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary, you stand in your testimony of the day regarding operational control of our southern border, which by any reasonable man's definition certainly been lost you're standing on a word in this in the legislation that gave birth to the specific law saying all illegal crossings and no one's ever we'll take a drip america be okay with that with you and your execution of your inaugurated president's policy of giving america's a flood We've identified over 11 laws that you violated. Some of the most egregious, the Secure Fence Act, 2006, concerning operational control. Immigration Nationalization Act 236, Section C8, U.S. Code 1226, concerning detention. INA 241, Section A2, U.S. Code 81231, concerning detention. Immigration and Nationalization Act, Section D-5, Alpha, 8 U.S. Code 1182, concerning parole. We've given you ample opportunity to, to, to seek some sort of honorable exit from your executive position, sir. We take no pleasure in witnessing you dismantle yourself as a fellow American before the whole country. Your legacy, millions of illegals enter our country, millions under your watch, loss of operational control of our border, aligning DHS policy as an asset to Mexican cartel drug and human trafficking, the disintegration of our national sovereignty, destruction of countless thousands of Texas family lives, overwhelming crime waves sweeping across our country, over a million criminal runners you call gotaways flooding into America, many carrying backpacks loaded with deadly fentanyl and meth, or herding teenage girls into prostitution, sex slave networks across America. 225,000 Americans dead from Mexican cartel drug overdose since you took office two years ago. You and your inaugurated president, but mostly you, sir, because you have your whole mind about you, and you have a highly decorated background in border operations, so you're supposed to be the expert. You, sir, are the Secretary of Homeland Security who has failed in your sworn oath to protect our nation from invasion. You had an obligation to execute the president's policies or advise the president if his policies were bringing injury to America. Ultimately, your oath requires you to secure our nation's sovereign border with Mexico and do anything necessary to stop the Mexican cartels from trafficking endless wave upon human wave of illegals into America, along with miserable death, unspeakable grief, graveyards filled 
from sea to shining sea with the bodies of American sons and daughters dead from fentanyl. You've brought generational trauma upon our country. I believe history will witness your era of service as a transitional time in our country. Well, what was America like before Secretary Mayorkas and what was America like after him? It's stunning that you could sit there and, and smugly grin as if you've not miserably failed your country. We could give you money to, to hire a thousand new border agents. Nobody wants to work for you. They're coming forth. We can't keep up with the whistleblowers that are coming to testify against your command. We could give you money to deploy all sorts of new technology. I have evidence in my file that you've given command to not deploy technology that you currently have because it interfered with the cartel's business model. We're done, done, done with your lies to America. It's shameful what you brought upon our country. Mr. Mr. Chairman, I have no interest in asking the secretary any questions. Mr. He obfuscates and lies. Mr. Chairman. I yield. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's Clay Higgins, representative from Louisiana, uh, pulling no punches. No, Man. there were none pulled there. You know, I didn't know that he could get uh, that low bottom-end voice and just that demeanor so riled up at the end. But, boy, when it did, it kind of blew up. Wow. I think he was just fed up. What's interesting was, you know, he had like five minutes to question Mayorkas. He didn't have any questions. He just wanted to get this off his chest and said, I have no questions for this guy. You know, I know well, what I'm going to get. All Mayorkas is going to do is dance and, and twist and turn. Yeah. He's going to lie, lie, lie. That's what they always do. So what are we facing right now in this country? We're facing a border crisis. We're, we're facing a crisis uh, of our government like we've never seen before. Over the uh, next few days, be aware that we may be in for some power outages or Internet problems because they're talking about it. And the government is kind of signaling, signaling us that it may happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you might want to make sure that you have, and I know this sounds a little dramatic to, to some people, but make sure you have enough water. Maybe oh, yeah. Make sure you have uh, some food. You know, peanut butter is always good to have around the house. Peanut butter. But, you know, you have some crackers and some peanut butter, you can live for a while. That sounds silly, oh, yeah. but it, it is a... Hey, look, you know, it's, it's probably not, not a bad idea just to have a panic bag of food or... Yeah. Uh, you know, a cabinet that you have stuff. And, you know, watch the dates on it so you make sure that, okay, this is going to expire in a couple of months. We'll go ahead and throw this into the regular house household food and we'll replace it. But always keep water and some food to get you through at least 30 days because you never know a natural disaster could happen. If you have a lot of canned goods, you know, uh, and you always open them with an electric can opener, make sure you have the old-fashioned manual can opener around because if you lose your power, that electric can opener is going to be a paperweight, you know? Otherwise, you need a screwdriver and a hammer. That, thank you, Bill. You sound like a man who's opened a can with experience. Um, so uh, make sure you haven't changed your oil or got, you know used it as a dip, you know, whatever. I, another thing, Bill, that, that's been going on, have you noticed uh, the trans... Uh, advertising for the drag queens and stuff, you would have thought that after what happened to Budweiser and the billions of dollars that they've lost, that other companies, and also Target. Target, you know, they thought they were going to be very woke, and they had this display of pride clothing for children, and they put it right in the front of the stores, and when you walk in, you saw it, and the people went bananas over it, and then the Pride CEO came out and said, well, we think it's very important to say this thing, and we're proud of the fact we did it. And the very next day, the very next day, they had a meeting, and they moved all that stuff to a small section in the back of the store. And then, from what I understand, they took it quietly off the floor. So, uh, but, but didn't their stock fall? Big time. It went down like uh, 11%. Mm -hmm. It went down 18 points. Uh, in a week, 
Uh, and so, yes, they did have a problem financially, and that's where you heard them in the pocketbook. But then you would think other stores would, would catch on. No, you know, North Face, the brand, you've seen it uh, in sports oh, clothing, no. uh, the North Face. Uh, they have a commercial out now that's uh, being hosted by a drag queen called uh, Patty Gonia. Patty Gonia. Isn't that clever? <laughs> What's your name? Patty Gonia. Like Patagonia, you know. Anyway, um, he does a commercial and he starts out by saying, Hi, I'm Patty Gonia, a real life homosexual. It's like, oh my dear goodness. And, and this is where we're going. You would think that the first thing that this company would have done is after they saw Target fall by the wayside and Bud Light get damaged by billions of dollars, that uh, the North Face would have said, Pull that spot, pull that campaign. No. Nah, it's, it's I out would have there. reviewed the spot before it went out there, and whoever put it out there, they would have been fired on the spot, not because of what the content was, but because they busted protocol. It's not for them to decide the face of your company. Ultimately, you have that decision. Yeah. And if you gave them that authority, then you're an idiot and you should go. Well, you know, someone made a good point that a lot of these marketing directors in these companies are like 26 years old, and they have no experience, and they think this is cool. They think this is smart. Well, you know, yeah, and you know the young people today, they were brought up that way and taught that. George Washington University, is it? Uh, yeah, George Washington yeah, University. Now, they, they, they have the George Washington in the uniform, you know, as their mascot, mm -hmm. and they always called him the old one. Right. Here comes the old one out into the field. Well, that's, you can't call him that anymore. They, they don't really? like it. It's, it's insensitive. So I don't know what they call him now, and they were always the, uh, you know, the colonials are out there. No, yeah. they can't be the colonials. They can be the revolutionaries, but they can't right. be the colonials. I'm like going, you know what? Okay, if that really came from the kids on the campus, let's get a let's get some conservative kids growing up and teach them just the real history, and let them change the uh, name of the uh, mascot and uh, what they call the team. Back to what they want to. I mean, I'm getting tired of oh, I know. all of this stuff that was acceptable for years, and now all of a sudden, oh, it's not politically correct. All right, let me just. Well, no, I don't want to say that. <laughs> say I was. Insensitive. I want to. I want to make one point before we get too far off the uh, the uh, businesses that are going woke. You got to wonder why they're doing this, right? Well, I I saw last night on one of the programs. I forgot which show. Uh, and they explained it. There's apparently a, a company that goes around to corporations. Uh, it's a company that created itself, would you believe? It didn't exist. They created themselves. And they're a ranking company. They go around and rank corporations mm -hmm. as far as their wokeness goes. If you're really woke, if you're really a big supporter of the LGBTQ+, and the plus is what you got to worry about because that includes everything. That's a catch-all for Everything and, and the dog, too, okay? And uh, this self-ranking company has essentially said to corporations, uh, the higher the number, the higher you're ranking, uh, the better we'll, uh, we'll deal with you. If you have a low ranking, if you are anti-woke, well, there'll be consequences. They essentially threaten them, right? So these mm -hmm. corporations being run by spineless dweebs uh, they don't stand up for the most part to these uh, this self uh, this ranking uh, corporation, and so they they suffer the consequences. They come out with these ads, and people don't don't go to the businesses anymore. <clears throat> but the point I was trying to make was that this ranking company apparently is funded by none other than drum roll please George Soros. Of course, it is. So what else would fund something like that? But, you know, it kind of makes me wonder when you talk about the targets of the world, Bud, I think, stepped into that pile of manure by themselves. But I don't know that all of them have. Maybe they're sitting there going, you know, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. What? You're not going to embrace, you know, the gay community? Well, we're going to slap you with a wet noodle and boycott you, and we're going to get you on every major news story to kill your business. Well, you know, there's an organization so called Gays Against Grooming. Have you heard about them? Gays Against Grooming, who are very much against this whole, this whole campaign that they're forcing down the throats of corporations. And 
Uh, so it's not all. We're not talking about people who Aww. are gay. We're talking about there's an element that is kind of sinister in, in its approach toward our society, and they're coming after our kids, whether we like it or not. They're going into the schools. By the way, that that ranking organization that ranks corporations, mm-hmm. they also rank school districts too. The same ranking system ranks. They may you may wonder why all of a sudden. School districts are becoming very woke. They're a business that started themselves? Yes, they are well, a business. Start a business right here between you and me. Yes. Now, the first thing we're going to do is rank the ranking system. <laughs> and we will rank ranking systems. <laughs> now, I'm going to vote that they stink. Okay, I, I second that vote. All in favor? All right, so we have you all say aye. 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 <laughs> okay, that means that they 100% stink and yes. should not be taken seriously. And you can quote me on that and take it to the bank. That's right. Uh, so anyway, that that's that's what's we have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, getting back to the the weekend, it could be a crazy weekend. Uh, uh, so be aware that uh, there's things that we think are happening behind the scenes that's bubbling under the surface, and uh, we can't come out and say what they are exactly because we're not sure. But you gotta keep your your heads up. Over the well, week. you know what? Re-listen to the show. The very beginning, we tell you of something that has been set up and predicted. So if it doesn't happen, okay, I get that. I didn't say it would, but I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying if you go by history and remember the pandemic and what happened, the same thing has happened and has been predicted again with the grid and the Internet. They're tied together. And so just, you know, don't be surprised. Don't let it, you know, hit you blindsided. At least have an idea of what to do because panic is what you don't want to do. You know, you want to talk about some weird stuff here? I got an interesting thing here. You you do your word first. You do your word first. Okay, well, they're they're kind of tied together, but apparently scientists have developed a new ultrasonic, uh, it's an ultrasound technology that produces topor, which is... um, well, it's immediate. Uh, uh, what they do is they put you into uh, hibernation, and they can do it on. They've done it on rats. They can do it on humans. So they say, you know, like somebody's in a, a tragic car accident, they can actually boom put them in that hybrid uh, hibernation state, where they can get them to where they can actually get treatment to them, or preserve them to where they can harvest the bar- body parts. So they're really? saying it's good technology. But you know, I was thinking. Now let's go to the dark side of that and go, well, what would happen if they made a bigger version of that where you could sit there, we want to quell these people, mm-hmm. we'll just turn the switch on and turn them off. Well, I got one that that is weird, but I got a good one too. All sure? right. Elon Musk's brain implant company, Neuralink, announced on Thursday that it has been granted official approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to launch its first in-human clinical study. We're excited to share that we have received the FDA's approval to launch our first in-human clinical study, Neuralink wrote on Twitter. This is the result of incredible work by the Neuralink team in close collaboration with the FDA and uh, represents an important first step that will one day allow our technology to help many people, it added. And what it's supposedly looking for is uh, people who have, uh, who are like paraplegic, quadriplegic, and these are all good things. Uh, blind people, uh, people who have got serious problems, and that by itself is terrific if they stayed in that lane. But then you got to wonder about somebody having that technology and what, stepping what outside of the lane. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that was that was the second thing I was going to bring up. I don't have the story in front of me, but I got it from a reliable source because they read it to me last night. And apparently there is another company that is working on the AI for medical use. Oh, I, There was a biker mm-hmm. that I think it was back in 2008 had mm-hmm. a terrible accident, and he was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't get up and do anything. They put an AI chip in his brain and one somewhere in his body and the two chips talk to each other. And what they're doing is making the nerves grow new endings 
and fire up and work. This guy is walking again. He does use a cane. But all of a sudden, in 2023, it's like the Frankenstein. He's alive. He can walk. He's got wow. a cane. Could you imagine if you were paralyzed, bedridden, somebody has to come in and change your bedpan all the time because you can't do squat. And then, well, you do, but you know what I mean. With, either way, with, with all the, of a sudden, now you can get up. With this Neuralink, it's a little chip they put in your brain. Right. And I'm thinking, Same okay, let, let's say they want you to uh, be compliant. Say you're, say you're a revolutionary, right. and they want you to be compliant with the government. They can say, well, uh, it's the order of the court that you be taken away to a clinic uh, at the earliest possible convenience and uh, have a Neuralink uh, put into your brain that will uh, calm you down and make you more uh, compliant. Well, the way that they're going to do that is they're going to go to your vanity. Look, you take this chip, you put it in, you won't need glasses or contacts ever again. We're going to slow down your aging process because that chip would be able to make, you know, cells and organs regenerate. Uh, you could probably uh, you want to lose weight. He would go up. You want to lose weight? You you have no. You haven't got the willpower to lose weight. Put It'll this, give it to you. Put this chip in your brain. You'll hey, hey, and guys, forget about uh, Rogaine. Forget about Viagra. You know, think about it. You got it. Hair, it grows on its own. You know, and you know, with with that weight thing, uh, it'll it'll take the urge to eat away. Plus, it will increase your metabolism, and you'll lose weight in like days. Never mind weeks and months. It'll be days, and you'll be. And then once we're into it, and you got to have the chip. Well, you know, who's to say that somebody doesn't come along with organic or synthetic, well, organic chemistry to where they measure the, the capacitance and, and voltage values and resistive values of different cells and everything and, you know, get it to where people can actually grow, you know, organic circuitry in their bodies to where they come online when they're born. Ooh. We're talking There's about a biological we're ta- we're, script for We're you. talking about a, a great movie here. <laughs> hey, listen, folks, we've done it again, another show in the can. Again, this is going to be the weekend show. It's going to have to carry in, unless there's a, a, an emergency. If there's a, a major crisis, something important happens, Bill and I will come back and do an update. But for can, the I most- ask you, can I ask you folks a favor now? You know, we are growing, but... You know, we do see big peaks, and then we'll see a little dip in the valley and then big peaks again. We want to kind of even that curve out, and that's going to be with your help. The grassroots uh, program, you listen to the show, you like the show, uh, then share the show. You know, because, granted, a liberal is not going to sit there and listen to this show. They're going, oh, it's it's cancer to them. But you have, you have friends that are like you. You have a group of people that you you can fight in and you talk uh, things about with, and they might sit there and like the show. Uh-huh. So share it with them. You know, uh, it would, we have, we'd appreciate it. We have thousands of people who listen every day. You say, well, how, do you, how does that happen? Well, our, our show is taken by different streaming sites too. We're on Spotify and iHeartRadio and all these different uh, distribution points. And uh, we're... We're disseminated that way. We've got a lot of people out there. Then, of course, Podbeam, which is the host site, we we can see the downloads. So we have a lot of people listening, but we would like to grow it even more. We're approaching, would you believe, this is hard to believe, our 365, uh, episode 365. We're like right now at 362. So next week, we will hit our 365th episode. Uh, yeah. which is a big deal. We've actually done more because we don't include the updates the and things like the- that. So we're, we're already w- well beyond that. But the actual physical day-to-day episodes that are numbered will be at 365 next week. You are, little, are, you, are you going to get a cake for me, by the way, for that? I'm just Well, I was going to – I like German chocolate. Do you really? I do too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get you, know you one if you get me one. Di- yeah. You know what I've been dying for is pineapple upside down cake, and I'll be damned if I was not at the store to get my vegetables to steam. You know, and you found I, some. And there was they they put the tray from the bakery right by the damn <laughs> healthy food, and I kept looking at that. You know they do that on purpose. You know that. 
They put it right next bastards. to the health food. Yeah. Those bastards. <laughs> I mean, but I didn't get it. I mean, I That's discipline. I I, I'm so proud the way home. I'm so proud of you. You did not get that upside down cake. Well, let me tell you, Bill, it was delicious. <laughs> well, I, I know it was because I had a dream about it. It was, you know, like you, know, oh, you that's wake up I, a few times a night. But yes. I went back to sleep. I was thinking about that pineapple upside down cake, and I was eating it when I got up in the morning in my dream, and it was good. And you know, you wake up and you still got some some frosting on your face. Yeah, but when I went back to the store, it was gone. <laughs> I'm sure them, they were gone. And hey, it. listen, <laughs> if you want to call us eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Yeah, and you can always send us uh, banana nut bread, German chocolate cake, uh, pineapple upside Isn't down cake. Truth. You know what? Because uh, we uh, need blue, it. Yeah, right, because we will sample it and grate it on the air. Yes. Uh, blueberry muffins, too, you know, or anything else. Maybe you brew your own wine. We're easily or, uh, bribed. Moonshine. Uh, you know what? You can also get us at mail at itsanotherday.com. Uh, there's also mail at CRN America. Dot com and uh, no, we don't have an address to send it, but you know, you send us a note, we'll tell you where to send it. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> hey, when it comes to cakes and foods, we'll make sure we get it. And have, just remember this every yes. day is our birthday, so you don't have to have a reason. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about candles, we'll be on that. Hey, friends, no. have a great weekend, enjoy the holiday, Bill. Have safe travels, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again, if not sooner. We'll see you on Tuesday. Sounds like a plan. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com, and this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know, seems like a lot, seems like a lot to us too, but it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day, and tell your friends about It's Another Day. Dot com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>